Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Oral Health Podcast, a podcast where we have bite-sized discussions about everything that can affect our oral health. As we enter November, we are entering Mouth Cancer Action Month, a campaign that the Oral Health Foundation has been running for the last 21 years to raise awareness about the signs and symptoms of mouth cancer and the importance of early detection. As part of Mouth Cancer Action Month, this podcast is going to be discussing mouth cancer with some mouth cancer survivors, discussing their journey and giving them the opportunity to share some advice and tips to people that may be going through the same thing. Today I had the pleasure of talking to Karen who is one of the Oral Health Foundation's mouth cancer ambassadors and candidly shares her story from beginning right up to present on her mouth cancer journey. Hello Karen, Um, very very big thank you for joining me today. Um, Do you just want to give a little introduction about yourself before we start? Okay. Hello, I'm Karen. My full name is Karen Schroeder. I work full-time as a nursery assistant in a local school. Um, I've been there for about eight years now, uh, but I've always worked with um, young children. I took um, a break when I had my own children for a few years. Um, I, I'm a runner. Um, and um, although obviously with the pandemic I haven't run quite as often as I was, um, at the time I was um, diagnosed with cancer, I was I was running three times a week. And what was it like um, back before you had your diagnosis? What were the initial uh, things that you picked up on when you realised something wasn't quite quite right with your mouth? Um, I had. Um, an ulcer um, that uh, came up on the side of my tongue um, in August 2015. Um, previous to that, I'd had um, the same ulcer in the same place about 18 months prior and had been seen by a consultant at my local hospital. It wasn't very sympathetic um, to uh, removing my um, the lump um, under general anaesthetic and but he asked me not to return um, and waste his time if it came back again so uh, when my ulcer reappeared in August um, 2015 
I ignored it. Um, it was obviously, um, ulcers are quite painful anyway, and it was painful, but um, I didn't mention it to anybody. I just thought, I'm sure it would disappear. Um, by the October, I was obviously back at work mm -hmm. after having the summer off. Um, so September, October was very painful in my mouth. And um, I was noticing my speech was starting to change. Mm -hmm. And also, I couldn't manage an awful lot of um, food. I was in a very soft diet of soups and yogurts. Um, and I think one day I was really struggling with the pain and was talking. So I phoned and made an appointment to see the nurse at my GP surgery. Mm -hmm. And it was a nurse I've known for years. And she looked inside my mouth and said, that's not an ulcer. You've actually got a hole in your tongue. So um, that came as a bit of a shock. But I, I didn't um, suspect anything uh, too tragic because I've never smoked. Mm. I didn't drink much. I was a runner. I was really quite healthy. And... Um, I never even kind of considered anything too sinister. So a referral was made through my doctor um, to the hospital and that was the end of it. I then came home and told my husband that there was, um, I'd had an ulcer, um, but I had ignored it. Um, I had obviously been putting Bongello mm -hmm. and things like that on, but nothing was really helping. Um, and that I'd been to see the nurse and uh, she'd explained it was now whole. He tried to look in my mouth, but obviously movement with my tongue was really, really hard. Um, so we knew that the ball was rolling with the appointment, or so we thought. Um, I hadn't heard anything in November. And then at the beginning of December, my husband said, right, let's go and see the dentist and see if he can file the teeth down in that area and see if that will help. So I went to see the dentist at the beginning of December and um, he refused to file my teeth down and noticed the difference in my speech. Mm -hmm. And he asked me why I was talking the way I was and I said, I'm in awful lot of pain. So he had a look in my mouth and said, uh, oh, wow, okay. Um, has a referral been made for you? So I said, um, yeah. So he said, okay, don't go home and Google anything. If you haven't heard anything by Christmas, um, phone the hospital and make a nuisance of yourself. It's, you need to be seen. Mm -hmm. So I was very calm. I... I thought that'd be okay. Uh, Christmas came in the new year. Before going back to school, I started making phone calls to the hospital. Uh, it took me several days to get through because obviously it's a busy time. Mm -hmm. And I finally did get through um, and found out that uh, the referral hadn't been made. There was no appointment for me. Well, by this point, I was really distress because 
the pain was, I've been in pain for so long now. I couldn't eat properly, I was losing weight and I was starting to panic. Um, so this very nice lady who wasn't supposed to make the appointment booked me a cancellation for February. So the beginning of February, we went along for an appointment and um, a doctor took a biopsy on the day, which was incredibly painful. Um, I had to be held down for that one because obviously those was, it was urgently needed. Um, and then I was called in about a week later um, to see a specialist, but I didn't, I didn't know it was a specialist at the time. We had to wait probably um, about an hour and a half in the waiting room. Um, but I wasn't worried, I just knew I was going to get some answers, but I didn't think anything bad. Um, and obviously we were called in to the room and the specialist examined me and then basically said, I'm, I'm very sorry, my dear, but you have cancer, you've got tongue cancer. And um, I think hearing the words uh, tongue cancer, I was, um, I was just really shocked because how can a healthy person have cancer like that? Um, and he said, you, you look really shocked. And I said, I really didn't expect you to say that. And he was like, you had no idea. So I said, no, I said, I've never smoked. Um, I don't drink much. I'm a runner. Um, and to be honest, I've never really heard much about mouth cancer at all. I said, all I ever heard of it being a, is an old man's disease. Mm -hmm. Like mouth, um, I've never heard of it anyway. So I've never seen posters about it. There's not much. At five years ago, there wasn't really much known about it, um, and I was puzzled as to what was going to happen. Um, and obviously, they gave me about half an hour to calm down because I was I was so distressed and tearful. Um, my, my instant reaction was just my whole world to come crashing down. Um, but then obviously you're whisked away um, to meet your cancer nurse and um, surgeon and dietitian, and it's like from hearing the diagnosis to meeting your whole team and hearing an overwhelming amount of information um, that was uh, a very long, <laughs> very long evening that we weren't expecting to have. <laughs> I can imagine it must have been such a shock to have that all happen all at once. Yeah, you don't realise how the, the whole process of it, considering how long it had taken to get that appointment. I've been in pain for six months, so I had had no, um, no knowledge of what was going on. And then all in the space of a couple of hours, it was like fast track. <laughs> and it was just like, it was crazy. Um, and it was really hard um, taking all the information in at the same time. Um, obviously, it was brilliant. my husband was there um, and he was able to take a lot of it in because I couldn't get past the words tongue cancer yeah. for hours. 
can imagine. What was it like um, then when you were having the meetings with the specialists and starting to get a treatment plan together to to treat your your tongue cancer? What was that process like for you? Um, well, I had um, a wonderful cancer nurse, um, Anne was brilliant. She was um, very, very experienced, as was um, Henry, the dietitian. I met them both at the same time and they were very down to earth um but very specific about it um telling me that uh in about half an hour 45 minutes i would meet my surgeon who would be performing the operation um they handed me um we were it was a bit odd because we there was no room it was really um a busy evening at the hospital and we were put into a little, um, a tiny little, like almost broom cupboard uh, for a bit of privacy. <laughs> Looking back at it now, it's like, this is mad, but we appreciated the privacy. And um, I was even my cancer book, it's a, like a folder with lots of information, which I have to say, I hid under my bed for a couple of weeks as I, I was in denial. Um, and then my nurse, um, and was explaining that I would be having uh, a massive amount of surgery and uh, within a couple of weeks and that um, I would probably be looking at six months off work and have we got children, wanting to know a little bit about children um, and then just saying be patient, uh, we will you, we will be with you 100% of the way. And to be fair, they were brilliant. I, I have been very lucky. I know that um, other patients haven't been quite so lucky, but Anne and Henry were there with me literally, and they really took me under their wing. I think because um, I was younger than most of the patients they've, they've had, I was 43 at the time, and a lot of patients that uh, are diagnosed with mouth cancer are usually older and I think they could see how distressed I was um, whereas with my surgeon I went into the room with my husband and there were loads of people in there um, and um, it was it was a lovely man but obviously I had to get the information across as quickly as possible and hearing that I would be having um, they weren't sure how much of my tongue I would be removing but I would be having quite a fair bit of my tongue removed and a neck dissection and uh, um, it would be quite possible that I would have to do a skin graft from my wrist to reconstruct my tongue and that there was a good possibility I wouldn't be able to talk afterwards. I would have to learn how to talk, have to learn how to eat. And it would be a very long process. Um, radiotherapy wasn't mentioned at that point. Um, but the shock of hearing all that, I didn't digest it all. My husband was asking questions. And I kept thinking, I talk for my job, I talk to children, I'm, I'm having to use my mouth all the time. Um, I managed to lose my job. Uh, how are children going to cope with this? Um, our son had just started secondary school. 
um, and our daughter was um, going to be doing her GCSEs. So it was, I thought, it's just come at such a bad time. Um, they did mention that there would be a another meeting about a week later, um, and that would be at a different hospital uh, where the whole team would meet and um, talk to us. And um, we went to that meeting, um, and that was um, obviously um, to find out a bit more about the uh, the operation as it was going to be in that hospital and um, they offered uh, dates and I said, well, I said oh no that's that's too early uh, maybe in a couple more weeks and my husband said no nope, next week is fine <laughs> and I said I can't do next week <laughs> I can't do it but my husband said no the sooner it's out the better and I thought, oh, any time to plan? <laughs> um, um, but I, yeah, I had it, um, it uh, operation in the beginning of um, March. Uh, so yeah, that was, um, it was like a whirlwind of appointments getting there, because obviously you have all your pre-op appointments and things, and it was a very busy time getting ready for it. And you mentioned as well, um... You said radiotherapy wasn't mentioned. Did you end up having to have radiotherapy down the line? I did. Uh, they, um, I saw, I met my oncologist um, after the operation and they decided um, to play it safe. I think because of my age and everything, they wanted to make sure that there wouldn't be a reoccurrence of the cancer. And they wanted to make sure, obviously, that it wasn't spreading. Um, so they decided um, six weeks of radiotherapy uh, would be beneficial. Uh, but before I met them, I, um, I had um, a phone call from my cancer nurse. I think after um, how I handled my initial diagnosis, um, she was being very protective. So she phoned me after a team meeting and prepared me that I would be having an appointment with the oncologist and I'll be having major therapy. So yeah, I obviously then had to um, go for a mask fitting and then organise having a peg fitted into my stomach. Mm -hmm. Help with um, nutrition uh, during uh, radiotherapy time. How did you find the treatment? Hard. I I found it very hard. Um, I was very scared leading up to it because you're not given much information, which I understand why. Um, because not everyone can handle lots of information. Mm -hmm. But um, a friend of ours who's a runner organised for a friend of his to come around and see us who had had mouth cancer um, a few years back and had had radiotherapy. So he came around and had a little chat with me and that reassured me a little bit. Um, I think because I'd had surgery beforehand, obviously the, um, where they'd just taken the, the side of the tongue away but hadn't had to rebuild it. 
which was good, brilliant news. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But obviously, I've got a very, um, a very peculiar looking tongue. It's like I've always called it my, my Loch Ness Monster because it curls around behind my the front of my teeth and um, down below. Uh, so it just curls around. It's really weird. Um, and I was told, obviously, that um, it would um, be a burning. You would feel burning at some point. And I would say I started to feel the first burn of the radiotherapy after the first week. Mm-hmm. So I started into the first weekend you get your weekends off and on the Saturday um, I got up to go to park run and do a 5k run with friends and I thought oh yeah I, um, I can feel the burning on my tongue um, and I did find it hard being um, clamped into the machine I also had to have a mouthpiece uh, they put a mouthpiece in uh, before I had the mask put on um, and as time went on through treatment it became harder to open my mouth wide enough for the mouthpiece um, and luckily they were able to file it down a bit but it took an awful lot every time just to open my mouth wide enough for them to pop it in mm-hmm. but also it got to a point um, it would make me gag every time I had the mouthpiece put in and I found it hard being clamped in and trapped. Having, having something stuck in your mouth, a mask on, 
and being sort of if you feel trapped in the um in the machine at times even though it's only a short time they got used to me um wanting to jog in the machine it was it was helpful uh they would give me stress balls to um use before putting the mouthpiece in and um i would start distracting myself with those uh, and then the mask would go on and then they were quite used to me then jogging with my, the bottom half of my body in the machine to music. Uh, I think that's what kind of got me through um, doing that. And the team are brilliant in the, in the radiotherapy unit. Um, when it gets harder and harder to talk mm-hmm. um, and you obviously have to give your name, date of birth, but they, they can tell, they can tell when you're having a really bad time and they will say, right, are you having this insurance in the date of birth is this? So I just put my thumbs up and they were lovely. And any time that you do struggle, I just look, uh, one time in particular, I was struggling big time and I was feeling really sick um, and I literally just threw my the, 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 the stress balls um, away and they were in the room within seconds, um, unclamping me, but we could calm down. I had an hour's break before going back into the machine. So yeah, that was, they were all really helpful. Um, the team do help as much as possible by giving you a relapsance before going into the machine. I would say probably by halfway, I, I had to be on morphine because of the pain and um, although I hadn't really wanted to use my peg um, I um, found I used it a lot for uh, medication and also for top up protein drinks to keep my weight up because I, I ran all the way through I was um, I had to have something to uh, something positive come out of it. So um, I love my running. I run every week. I was still running three times a week, um, normally about three miles with friends. Um, so that that really really helped. Um, so I was yeah I was on the morphine um, and I had to be put on steroids. Um, I say for the last two weeks. It's a long time, six weeks to be. And that was in forwards to hospital and having that sort of treatment. I can imagine. But you do get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, how long, do you, if you might, don't mind me asking, how long has it been since you ended your treatment? Uh, five years. Wow. Yeah. It was five years um, in May that I, um, yeah, 31st of May 2016. So it's five years since that all finished. And how are you doing now? Well, um, like I said the last five years have haven't been easy. Um, I think um, some patients are able to get through to get to a six month check uh, routine checks quite easily, but not always. Um, I I have been seen every four months all the way through because um, unfortunately with radiotherapy you are left with long-term effects um, and um, I was having 
trouble with recurring oral thrush. Never had that before radiotherapy, but I was prone to it after. If I get run down and I'm not eating properly, um, I end up with oral thrush and that paralyzes the tongue and that makes my speech really um, uh, slurred and difficult to understand. Um, and because um, I, I was having problems with thrush, um, they about six months after my treatment, or maybe four months actually, uh, they noticed that I had I was in an awful pain, and I had another ulcer under my tongue. But I also had what they didn't know at the time was a really aggressive case of oral thrush that they couldn't find, they couldn't work it out to begin with, and I ended up having another big portion of my tongue removed underneath my tongue. And I was back on morphine for four months. Um, and I nearly lost my job at that point. And um, that, I didn't know at the time, but removing another portion of your tongue underneath affected swallowing. So then I was experiencing problems with swallowing. And I lost an awful lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. Uh, with everything and um, I started going to a support group uh, run by my cancer nurse and I met a speech therapist there so I started going for speech therapy um, to help with the swallowing they, they did a video thoroscopy and they see where the problems were and um, but I, I then asked if I could have speech therapy to help um, strengthen and straighten my tongue because my tongue is not straight. It never will be. Uh, but it also kind of, um, as, as the surgeon said, it's almost wooden um, with how, how it behaves. Um, so I was having speech therapy every two weeks and doing these really, really hard um, tongue exercises to help with swallowing and also help with my speech as well. I've had to work really, really hard with that. Um, and like simple things like licking your lips, I can, I can't do it very well. And um, just setting the tongue to be able to move in certain ways that is almost alien to it now um, or then. Um, and if I stop doing the exercises, there is a difference. Uh, but I'd, I'd, I don't do them religiously as much as I did to begin with. But uh, when I start to notice my speech is, isn't as, as good as it should be, I do then go back to having go the exercises to help. Um, another thing you're left with is dry mouth. Um, and I use different products uh, to help with that. Uh, first in the morning, um, <laughs> it's not always easy to understand me, um, but I tend to use Xylomelts, a little disc that you can stick to the um, side of your molar and your gum. Sometimes you have two in, uh, but I find two is too much because they're quite big. Um, and they take about 40 to 50 minutes to dissolve. 
but I find if I have one every night, it's a little bit easier in the morning for getting because it um, helps uh, get your saliva going. So I use that, and I use dry mouth sprays uh, for emergency times, uh, or if I'm running as well. Um, very helpful. Um, choking can be a problem. Um, I make sure I, I have to cut my food up quite small. Um, but choking can be an issue at times if I haven't uh, cut something up small enough. And I also have a bit of a problem with my jaw knocking. Um, I think that's, I gather from what other people said, it's to do with radiotherapy as well. Um, if I yawn too wide, mm -hmm. my mouth will lock, the jaw will lock. Um, it's also happened when I've been at the dentist where my jaw has locked when I've been examined. And then the dentist showed uh, my husband how to, if I can't do it myself, um, how to do it. And sometimes if I've been chewing, I don't, I, I tend to have um, soppy foods, but if um, it gets very boring, um, and if I try to have something different, I do find sometimes that my, I can feel my jaw starts to kick and sometimes it, it starts to jump out of place. So, I try and stick with um, with food that's easy. Eating out is a real challenge, um, and it, it can be very stressful eating out. I have to really um, really work on that aspect. Speech therapy helped. Um, my speech therapist gave me tips um, to help with eating out because that became very scary. Um, I would have to really plan where I was going, um, check the menus really well. Even then, it's all very good phoning beforehand or going there to talk to somebody about your dietary needs, and then on the day they're not actually being met by the restaurant. Uh, they've run out of what you've uh, what you've needed, or and it becomes you know you, you feel like a nuisance. Um, so that that can be really hard eating out um yeah so it's i think a lot of it is confidence that can be really knocked by something like this of course yeah with um you know after you finish your treatment and things are still going on um like you said your speech therapy and your checkups and things what kind of um like peer support or community support have you found uh, that's been that's been good and helpful for you um i was very lucky i had a lot of um supportive friends i had a supportive family um uh my husband was like um, a real rock through it all um he came to a lot of appointments when he couldn't, he couldn't come to all my um therapy appointments but then I always had either my parents or um, running friends or other friends that would uh, come to the appointments with me. Um, I was very lucky in that uh, my running club were really supportive. Um, I never ran on my own. Um, there was always um, somebody with keeping me company. Um, Obviously, I ran with a peg, and that that worked out okay. And people were always actually visit with me on that one. Um, 
I didn't have anything to do with Macmillan because um, they never seemed to be there at the hospital when I was having treatment or appointments. Um, I never ever saw them. That was just lots of people say, oh, what about Macmillan? But I never really, never ever heard or saw them, so I can't really comment on them. Mm. But I actually didn't need them because um, I was just so fortunate with uh, lots of love and care and support from everyone, taking me out for walks, taking me to appointments, running with me. Um, yeah, I, I was very, very lucky because the people that have been diagnosed um, during the pandemic, my heart goes out for them because they've had so little support. I also found that I was, um, I suppose when you first finish, um, because you're going through the whole system of appointments and going through it all, um, and then it all stops and you think, oh, it's over, I'll go back to normal life and work, etc. Um, I would say it was probably about a year afterwards that I started to look for other people like me um, and I started looking through Facebook and that was when I came across the Oral Health, Health Foundation and the Mouth Cancer Foundation and I would um, start finding people on social media that way um, and that's how I got another type of support um, through those networks. Um, I've got to meet some lovely people through the Oral Health Foundation and the Mouth Cancer Foundation, and um, which has been really lovely. And um, so I do say to other people that come my way uh, through Mouth Cancer to try and touch base with uh, both those foundations if they can they've been beneficial um, and in the lockdown um, the Mouth Cancer Foundation started up a um, a Monday evening Zoom group with uh, Justin Harding who's a dental hygienist and that that has helped that's kept going but that was really helpful in the um, in the pandemic um, having someone like that to talk to and seeing other people. It's only a small group, but it's, um, we've all become really quite close. It's nice to be able to talk to other people who have been through a similar journey um, and you get tips and hints off of each other and just support each other that way, which is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can imagine going through something as, as life-altering as cancer, finding anyone that can help and share their advice and support has got to be you know worth its weight in gold essentially definitely is there anything um because i'm i'm conscious of we've been talking for a long time now i've taken up enough of your time you want to get on with your with your friday um is there any advice that you would give to someone now who might be listening to this who is going through either the process of finding out if they have mouth cancer or going through mouth cancer treatment i would say it would be it's really important obviously to be really aware of your own mouth the whole time even after you've had a diagnosis um i mean i check my mouth 
every day, religiously. Um, and they do say to check your mouth once a month. So I urge everyone to check their mouths once a month to be on the safe side so you're familiar with what your mouth looks like and feels like. Because sometimes you don't have pain uh, when you have mouth cancer and not everyone realises that you might have a patch in your mouth or a lump. Um, so just urging everyone to do that. But once you've got your diagnosis, I think it's important to um, definitely to have a, a hobby. Um, mine was running, um, walking, running, crochet, model making, whatever. It's really important to have a distraction away from the whole cancer thing because it can be overwhelming and take over and it's nice to have something different to focus on. So definitely do that and also reaching out to other people uh people that sometimes people find it hard to reach out when we're going through something i wish i had done that but i didn't even think to do it i think i was just so shocked by all but i'm on different forums on facebook um for mouth cancer and tongue cancer and head and neck cancer and they're actually really really helpful so i would say if if you can get onto social media and look out these um these forums they're actually really helpful and the amount of people that i say see on there saying if it wasn't for this group especially during the pandemic um if it wasn't for this group i don't know what i would have done it's nice to talk to people that can give us a bit of help and they're from all over the world and everyone has a different experience and people are then able to message each other and it really does help talk to people who have been through it. All I would say is try not to isolate yourself because uh, this sort of cancer can be isolating. Um, it's obviously can be very disfiguring, you've got visual scars. After your treatment you may dribble, um, you may spit out your food. I've done it. I've been there. It's embarrassing. Uh, but if you're around people that understand and um, you know don't give you funny looks, it really helps. And if if you can meet up with the people that do understand you, or or have been in that position themselves, because it really does help if you don't feel so alone. Because it can be quite lonely. And I don't want anyone to feel lonely going through something like this. Well, Karen, thank you so, so much for being so candid and, and sharing your experiences. I'm, I'm really confident that it's going to help lots of people who might be in the same position. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your time as well. It's been lovely to meet you. If after listening to Karen's story you want to learn more about mouth cancer, you can go to the Mouth Cancer Action Month website, which is mouthcancer.org, or you can visit the Mouth Cancer Foundation, which is mouthcancerfoundation.org. You can also support Mouth Cancer Action Month by sharing our messages across your social media channels, and these images are available to download on our website. Just go to mouthcancer.org and click on the download section. As Karen mentioned, there are a lot of different avenues that you can explore for support, whether it is approaching friends that you 
confide in or joining something like a Facebook support group. And so we will link any Facebook support groups that we find in the description of this podcast below. Thank you again, Karen, for joining me today and sharing your story so, so openly. And thank you to you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.